0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me nationwide. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on this year program. I would be very delighted to hear from you today. Uh, Now listen, uh, one thing I got to make clear and uh, for those of you in delay, I've got a couple of stations that actually run the show on the weekend, uh, and they run today's show on the weekend. And I I try these days to be somewhat uh, generic uh, to avoid noting the day. So it it sounds more fresh to them. My apologies for bursting your bubble. But I say this because it is April 1st. It is April Fool's Day. If If you've already been pranked or haven't been pranked, I hope it's a dying phenomenon. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I'm just, I never have been, I don't like it. Uh, and I'm not today going to try to burst your bubble with a bunch of nonsense, uh, just so you you understand where we're, we're headed. Cause I got stuff to talk about, obviously, uh, important stuff to talk about. And I just don't want you to think I'm trying to pull your leg on stuff when I'm not. Now I begin with all of that because I, I got a theory. It was, so I, I I've got a conflicted sense of of things with the I just I continue to look at what's happening with the Democrats and their operations, and I, I I'm just I'm, I'm I so I go in two directions and and I want to cover those directions with you. When you run a campaign, and I have run campaigns in the past you know, only about, you only need 3 or 4% of the vote. You know, like 20-some-odd um, percent vote Democrat, 20-some-odd percent vote Republican of all the people who vote, a, a small portion of people vote, no more than usually than 50% of the people who vote, uh, and then some people are single-issue voters and, and ultimately up for grabs in a district that's in play. You really only need about 3% of the vote. And the way you go get those votes is you find out what people care about and you talk about those issues. And you try to persuade people to come to your side. You make a persuasive case and the Democrats aren't really doing that right now. I mean, they're not. You, you if you're a Democrat, you can say they are, but I, I gotta tell you, just objectively from, from running campaigns, I'll shoot straight with you. They're not running a persuasion campaign right now. They're doing the other sort of campaign. And the other sort of campaign that you run is the mitigation campaign. You're trying to mitigate the damage. And the way you mitigate the damage is you play to the issues you think your base cares about to give them an incentive to turn out. Now, this comes after yesterday, I mentioned the Politico story where the Democrats, are not turning out. They're not enthusiastic. Only about 50% are really turning out. And overwhelmingly, it's the Republicans who are inspired. Two-thirds to three-quarters of Republicans say they're absolutely going to go vote. Only about half of Democrats are. Black and Hispanic voters are less enthusiastic about voting than even white Democrats are. So what do you do? Well, the Biden administration is focused on making sure that an underage child can without their parent's consent get surgery to change their gender that's that's actually the white house yesterday joe biden made sure for for trans awareness day or whatever it is trans visibility day that they were going to make sure that that america's youth if they want to chop off their their male reproductive organ or, or add something to their female reproductive organs, well, the White House is going to make sure they can do it without their parents' knowledge. The White House says, and the Department of Justice says, it's going to aggressively pursue those states that pass laws that require parental notification. There are some states, Hampton, Virginia, there's a story out today. In Hampton, Virginia, the school district now has a policy that if a if a kid wants to transition, they are, parents or teachers are not allowed to tell the parents. They're not allowed to tell the parents. If the kid wants to start taking uh, hormone suppressants or, or hor- hormone supplements in order to transition, they're not supposed to tell the parents. And there are states passing laws prohibiting this, making schools say they've got to tell the parents, and the White House is coming after them. It's not just that. The Democrats in the Senate, that they, they have forced a vote on abortion, and it's not just a vote on any sort of abortion measure. It's a vote on getting rid of parental notification for abortion. If your kid wants to have an abortion uh, and wants to go to an abortion clinic, you are not allowed to know. The child can show up without you ever knowing. Not only that, the White House is going to, to pursue transgender passports non-gender binary passports they're going to pursue transgender sports they're still attacking big oil and that they they don't want you the parent to be involved in your kid's education people right now care about prices jobs the economy the war in ukraine and crying. And the Democrats are focused on abortion, transgenderism, keeping parents from knowing what's going on in their kid's classroom. And of course, January 6th, they're trying to mobilize their base to mitigate damage. None of this stuff sells with the bulk of the American people. Uh, ha- have you seen the polling out The nonpartisan polling, the media polling, the media is not exactly friendly to conservatives on these issues. And in the media polling, uh, parental involvement in education wins overwhelmingly. Parents abhor the idea that a school could help their child transition without their knowledge. And parents are opposed to having boys on girls sports. And yet the Biden administration is going against the polling. Why? Because... A a, a portion of the Democratic Party agrees with these things, but there's a problem for the Democrats if you look at the actual objective good polling out there. The actual objective good polling shows that actually a slim majority of Democrats also disagree with Democratic Party policy on this. So the Biden administration has nothing else to offer to the public. And they're going with base mobilization. They're going with uh, Republicans and independents, and now some black and Hispanic voters are going to overwhelm us at the polls. We've got to be able to do well at the margins to mitigate the damage, maybe keep the Senate. And so we've got to remind you that we're here for you on these issues. These are the issues the Democratic, the, the base of the base cares about. The base of the base cares about these issues the base of the base of the democratic party the democratic party overall democratic voters overall they don't but the hardcore progressive activist base who have joe biden's back they care so he's giving them something now that that's that's my one side of this here's the other side they're doing this because they know they're going to lose and they want to lock in as much as they can before the republicans get into power yo know, listen i i'm I actually do know what I'm talking about when it comes to politics. I had a, a win-loss record that was overwhelmingly two or three to one in favor of the wins. I ran a lot of campaigns. And I was very successful at running campaigns. I can read the data down to the precinct level. I can anticipate turnouts. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, so I've, I've got a, my, my David who runs the finances for, for the show. He's been projecting revenue every month, and I got to tell you, uh, this guy is a master. If you ever need a bookkeeper, he he he's independent contractor, has his own business, and this guy, I mean, to the on the nose, has projected every month. Here's how much money we're gonna have coming in, which makes me feel encouraged. He had not been wrong yet. I'm like, this is remarkable. He gets this so precise, like like this month he estimated how much revenue uh, my radio show was going to bring in through through all of our various monetized outlets, emails, and the like. I mean, he got it on the nose, not quite to the penny, but oh my man, he got it. He got it. I mean, as close as you can get with an estimate. I was I was stunned. Guy's brilliant. And then I started thinking, yeah, you, you know, I actually I, I was, I'm amazed. How can he do this? And it's his expertise. He has this expertise. He has this general sense of stuff. It's like, you know what? I used to do this for campaigns. See, in campaigns, you can get a sense of how many votes do you need in a precinct? You know, the number of people who live in a a precinct, you know, the number of those people who tend to turn out to vote, you know, the population increase assuming the same percentage of people turn out to vote, you've got an idea of I need to go into this precinct and I need to find this many people to vote for me. It's what you do. It's how you do it. Well, the Democrats and the Republicans, they both do this. They can project down to the precinct level how many people are going to turn out in a campaign. And it used to be very decentralized, and now you've got uh, these databases of voters, and they trade information back and forth. So the parties at the national level have a better sense of things happening on the ground. The Democrats know doom is upon them. I mentioned this yesterday. They know how bad it is. Now, they'll be able to mitigate it to some degree At the congressional level, the congressional tidal wave of Republicans winning is not going to be as big as you guys think. Or even as I think. And I want to explain that to you. I've actually got the data that that shows why. And don't be mad at me for saying that. Just listen to the data here. And we'll get to this in a little bit. But here's here's the bottom line point. It's the states that are the problem. The Republicans at the state level are just going to deluge the Democrats. They're going to swamp them. And the Democrats know they got to get, well, the getting's good. They've got to get every everything they can in. They've got to rally their base, but they've also got to lock in as much as they can before the Republicans come in and start mucking things up. What's just remarkable here is that a lot of what they're doing is executive stuff they could have done sooner, and they're doing it now. And they're doing it now at a time where it's going to further turn off swing voters, because swing voters, I know in the media, overwhelmingly, there are sympathies for the transgender identity. Fox News has just hired Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know that that's going to go well with Fox's base. And the problem here is most people take a live and let live position where we really don't care about the issue until the Democrats force us to care by having boys compete against girls and the like. And then you got to stand up and say something. And the problem is overwhelmingly the transgendered community in this country, they just want to live and let live. Many of you won't even know if they're a man or a woman. You might suspect, but you're not going to know unless the woman's standing there next to you at the urinal, and that's not going to happen. It's the activist community that's the problem. And the activist community causes problems for the transgender community that really just wants to live. But the Biden administration is catering to that activist community, and in so doing, what are they not doing? They're not dealing with inflation. They're not dealing with gas prices. They're not dealing with crime. They're not dealing with parental concerns about education. They're not dealing with the supply chain crisis. They're not dealing with the stuff that people actually care about. They're dealing with the stuff a small fringe of very vocal people in the Democratic Party care about. Because they need their money and they need their votes to mitigate the damage. The fact that the Democrats are here at the start of April in the middle of the midterms, focusing on these issues and not the issues voters care about is one of the big flags that they're going for base mobilization in November, not to be able to win, but to be able to mitigate damage. And that's a fairly damning indictment on the talking points that you hear on television because in the talking points, the Democrats think, oh yeah, it's going to be rough, but we can pull this off. And that's not their behavior is different from what they're saying on television. They would not be advancing these issues instead of crime, inflation, supply chain, gas, and, and jobs in and the economy, except they know deep down they're toast in November and they got to inspire as many of their their rabid fans to come out and lock in as many gains as they can to reward those people before the Republicans take back Congress and really make waves at the state level. Okay, I, I want to state something that should be obvious. That may not be obvious for people. I like a high thread count sheet, but if the threads are crap, the sheet's going to be crap, no matter how many uh, threads you need. It just it it's it's amazing how people want to highlight that. And the reason I highlight this is because Bolin Branch makes high quality sheets, and they're not a bajillion bajillion thread count either. But their threads are super high quality. They use one hundred percent organic cotton threads. They give super softness. You get a better night's sleep. They're not just buttery, soft, and breathable, impossibly soft to start. They get softer with every wash. I can attest to this. Every time you wash them, they just seem to get a little softer, and they hold up so well over the long term. You know, I'm on, gosh, maybe my second set of Bowling Branch sheets in in a decade or so. They just hold up so well. They're a quality product, and They give you such a good night's sleep. Oh, my gosh. They're so fantastic. I really do love these sheets, and I love Bowling Branch. You can, too. They are fantastic. They're so luxurious. Three U.S. presidents sleep under Bowling Branch sheets. So you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlingBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Get a good night's sleep under Bowling Branch sheets. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this year program? Let me go to the phones real quick. Randy, you're going to be up first. Welcome to the program, Randy.
1: Hey, uh, Mr. Erickson. Uh, number one, I just want to say that you and Clark Howard are the only two that I specifically respect that give both sides of everything that you talk about, so I appreciate that. That's not thank a you very up. much. But my question is, um, when you talk about the base of the base of the Democrats, are we just talking about those who are high tech, just the money people? Oh, that's a good uh, question.
0: Um, we're actually talking about, um, well, you, you know, in, in the South, sometimes we used to refer to them as yellow dog Democrats, the people who would vote for a yellow dog yes. if it had a D next to his Understood. name. Now, who are those people is a good question. Um, right now, they tend to be high income earning white people who are mostly female and do not go to church and have a college degree. Those that's the base of the base of the Democratic Party now, which, by the way, Randy, I'm, I'm glad you, you raised this question because uh, Marquette University, I mentioned this yesterday and I think I misstated it. I had to go back to it. Uh, get, get this, Randy. You may not have heard this. You certainly haven't heard this if you if you've watched uh, mainstream media. Uh, do you know how far uh, Joe Biden's support among black voters has fallen since July? <laughs>
1: uh, in my opinion, is it's it's at least. or more is it not well
0: well done down 38% since July uh among Hispanic voters his support is down 48% understood
1: and and I'd like to just add something if you don't mind on this transgender NCAA has already opened the door that door is not going to be shut so right. why don't we just let transgender compete against transgender and leave it alone? If it's you know, the that, way so it's th- that's be.
0: the proposal that a lot of people are making. The problem is that uh, in the grand scheme of population, uh, you're you're maybe talking about 20, 30 people uh, in college athletics. So there wouldn't be Oh, enough. got you.
1: Okay. Yeah, I didn't think the, about the, the amount yet. So yeah, that that's the you. problem. Uh, yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, well, and, and, you I hate know, to
1: throw those questions at no, you like look, that without. Uh, but the, the, I'm happy the, to answer the, them. The base, the base is where is the is the what I thought too was where the money is. Oh and, yeah, and. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the problem with has, the Democratic Party right now for both sides. Hey, Randy, listen, thank you very much for the phone call. I appreciate it. For both sides, they cater to their moneyed interests. The Republicans do, too. The problem for the Democratic Party right now is that the people who give them the most money and the people who are most likely to vote for them are upper-income, college-educated white women who don't go to church. And I, by the way, I'm, I'm not trying to sound flippant. Upper-income women with college degrees who don't go to church is now the base of the Democratic Party. It is the party of Karens. Black women still vote for the Democratic Party, but black women will oftentimes sit home if the Democratic Party upsets them. The base of the base is the part that shows up all the time, anytime there's an election, and that is upper-income white women with a college degree who don't go to church. Uh, it, it's a remarkable shift in the Democratic Party, because the Democratic Party base used to be blue collar white men. They now are Republican, and an increasing number of Hispanic voters, men and women, and young black men are voting Republican. And the Democratic Party, for all the talk about the end of the Republican Party, the Civil War of the Republican Party, the destruction of the Republican Party, it's actually not turning out that way for them. It's not. Uh, and that's the problem that the Democrats have. They haven't realized they need to update who their voter file actually is. Y'all, you almost lost your host. It's terrible. It was, it was bad. I wouldn't have known what to, done, what to have done. I'm home alone. I'm in the bunker doing my show. My wife and kids are out of town. And, well, not to get too personal or to cross the bridge of too much information. But I had to go to the bathroom and I did and there was no toilet paper. It was not pretty. I was nearly late coming back. I had to go and search toilet paper and there was no toilet paper to be found and I had to run up the stairs. And when I came back down the stairs I tripped because I had my pants down around my knees because I couldn't pull them up because there's no toilet paper. This was bad. This was very, very bad. I think I hurt my ankle. (laughs) I'm sure you all wanted to know, but we almost had an entire crisis here where your host nearly fell down the stairs with his pants around his ankles and a dirty backside because he had no toilet paper. I'm This bachelorhood, I don't know how I survived before I got married, y'all. I have no idea how I survived before I got married. Um, It's just the moment my wife and kids go away now, I I don't sleep well. You know, I I found I'm somewhat rested. I I, I somewhat am rested. I'm not sleeping well without them here because I don't sleep well. I don't sleep well in a hotel room. I sleep well in my own bed, particularly when my wife and kids are here. Uh, lately i've had to sleep in the guest bedroom because i've been snoring a lot and my wife can't sleep but still they're in the house and i sleep well but i descend into like crow Magnon days like overnight it's like ah yeah I i think i'll have mcdonald's and a beer and stay up all night and play video games on the xbox i have and it's not going well for me particularly when i forget to put toilet paper in the bathroom I, I did stay up last night and put all the recycling in, in the bin and remember to take the trash down, which was good. I'll get a gold star, but I, I got to I got to yesterday and I there's this problem. Apparently the, the laundry fairy has gone to the beach with my wife and kids because I had no clean clothes and normally I go into the laundry room and there's a pile of, of freshly washed and dried and folded clean clothes that the laundry fairy leaves behind and apparently laundry fairy's gone on vacation too. I, I, I how do I wash I gotta I bought the washer and dryer. I don't know that I know how to use them. This this whole I don't know how you single men do this stuff. But I, I gotta say, the the one the one fine fine point of it is normally the the one stressful moment of my day. It comes almost every day. At about four forty-five to five p.m. Y'all, what do you want for supper? Food. What sort of food? The type that you eat. What sort of food that you eat? The stuff that you put in your body. Uh, Come on, tell me what you want to eat. And then it's well. Can you go get me Dairy Queen? Can you give me Mexican food? Can Can you? I'll go get myself Chick Fil A. We got to get back. We we fell out in the last month or so because you know we've got one kid going to soccer, one kid's doing after school stuff. It's just uh, our schedules have not aligned to be able to like sit down and have family meal time every night. Like is the desirable, preferable one, and everybody's going to do their own thing, and I wind up being the the food shuttler around her who has to go pick up food for people because nobody can ever agree. I have the pickiest eaters on planet Earth. I was cursed by God to punish me for being a picky eater when I was a kid. And I haven't had to do that this week. And that's been fantastic. But otherwise, I miss my family. Now, I'm going to go to the phones. Jerry, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
2: Hey, Eric, thanks. I got two quick points. One, when you were describing the uh, the, the Democratic base and some characteristics, um, and you mentioned the non church going, this is the number one reason why we hear a lot of people say, why does such a, a small minority of the population have such a loud voice and so much power it's because this is their religion they are so much more committed to these causes than the people who are against it but i think that's changing number two regarding that disney bill down there i'm gonna call the disney bill um i think the right's missing an opportunity here they're letting a lot of these left-wing activists off the hook in terms of saying well these these leftist activists have not read the bill i would say i totally disagree they know exactly what is in that bill, and they are against it. They are furious because of purely the merits and what it says. And I think they should stress that and say they know what this bill says, and this is why they're mad. They're not mad because they're confused about it says this or it doesn't say that. It is so straightforward. I think there's an opportunity there to, to, to highlight that versus letting them off the hook saying, oh, they didn't read the bill. They're confused. They know what it says, and that's what makes them so mad.
0: Yeah, look, I I think at at the upper echelons of of the Democratic Party level, they absolutely knew what was in the bill. Of many of the younger activists, I think they just took their word for it and didn't. But you're right. Um, They they know and they don't like it. I mean, it's one of those things where they say this sort of stuff does not happen in schools and you don't need this law. But some reason they're opposed to passing the law for stuff they say isn't happening. If it's not happening, why are you opposed to having the law of the stuff that's not going to happen? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Folks, there's some breaking news. Uh, Breaking news happening right now. Uh, The Senate in the state of Georgia has just passed constitutional carry. Uh, They have passed the version that came through the Georgia House of Representatives uh, through a conference committee, and uh, the governor says he will sign it into law. Georgia will be the 25th state in the nation with constitutional carry. Also, the Georgia Attorney General, Chris Carr, has filed lawsuit against the Biden administration over masks on airplanes and public transportation. Um, you know this is this is actually a, a a segue into something here in a little while. Um, I'll get to on some of the the states at play in these states and, and the Trump versus non-Trump people or the people the president former president is backing. But uh, this is uh, happening right now. Breaking news: the Georgia Senate has passed constitutional carry, making Georgia now the 25th state. Uh, Indiana beat Georgia. Uh, Indiana was expected to not pass constitutional carry. It did, making Indiana the 24th state, Georgia now the 25th state. So now half the states in the nation have constitutional carry. More importantly, under reciprocity, uh, you will be able in each of those states to be able to carry your gun. Uh, with your uh, permission from your state as a lawful ga- gun owner, as I understand the language in these pieces of legislation. So uh, reciprocity will extend, which is good. If Those of you who know guns, um, you, you got to have state reciprocity for bringing your gun into other states, and it appears that there is this reciprocity working between these states. So good. Um, that's good. Now let's go back to the phones. Gary, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Eric. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh... Letting me contact with you. Sure. I wanted to make a point about the green energy and ethanol, mm-hmm. and uh, the push to. I saw something on the news the other day. The farmers all excited about uh, ethanol, but ethanol is basically highly inefficient to to produce. It's uh, you get like one point three uh, units of energy for every unit you put into it. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it 40, and forty percent of the corn that's grown in the country and the numbers are a few years old, but forty percent of the corn that's grown in the country is used for fuel, not for food. And, and and you know, I'm just saying that that combined with the food shortages they're all talking about, and you know, we're using way too much energy is just kind of anti-productive it is um, the,
0: that. Yeah, the ethanol is look ethanol is not good for engines and i've noticed a couple of places in my area now that, that have started really advertising their ethanol free fuel and i make a point they're a little more expensive but i, I try to put them in because it's bad for your engine too um, but it's also deeply inefficient as a, as a source of energy ethanol is deeply inefficient uh, the government should wind down those mandates and get us back to growing corn for food. They're, one reason they tried to do this was because the a lot of people think that the corn that you grow to eat is the corn that you grow for ethanol, and it's not. And we're in this weird situation now where we're looking at some global food shortages around the country, or around the country, around the world, because of the war in Ukraine and, and the like, and we need to get back to growing food stuff, not ethanol. But I don't know that the government is going to change their mind on this stuff because one, Iowa has a very strong lobby, as does Nebraska over over corn, but also because the government's so dogmatic about fossil fuels these days. In fact, here's Nancy Pelosi, uh, this audio, I may play it again later, but listen to her talking about high gas prices.
1: We cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to use this as an excuse to reverse everything we're doing to save the planet. One of the things I think that the president may say, I don't have this as a fact, is that we will use the um, Defense Production Act to speed up uh, diversification uh, so that we're not so dependent
2: uh, on oil.
0: Okay. Good for you. Um, But here's the problem. She doesn't want to find more oil in the country. She doesn't want to find more oil in the country. She she doesn't want to produce more fossil fuel. She doesn't want high gas prices to incentivize this happening. This is not a wise public policy. I mean, and and here's the Biden administration on, on fuel economy. This is Joe Biden. We're also setting new standards to boost fuel
1: economies for new vehicles sold in America. Within five years, we're going to travel 10 miles more on every single gallon we have, because the average fuel economy of 49 miles of the gallon is going to be required. That means hundreds of dollars in savings for families at the pump. We're also setting similar standards for appliances, from your air conditioner to your microwave, your refrigerator, washers, dryers. It's just one of 100 actions we're taking to save the average family $100
0: per year in utility bills. So here's the problem. When are you going to go out and buy your new car? When are you going to go out and buy your new car? With 49, uh, average fuel efficiency of 49 miles to the gallon. My vehicle has the stupid, stupid, stupid auto start-stop feature. Thankfully, I have a button I can press to turn it off. Your car engine wears out the more it starts and stops. And the geniuses in the government insisted that car manufacturers start doing this as a feature to reduce fuel. So when you're at a stoplight, your car engine turns off and then it's, you take your foot off the brake, it starts back up, it can stall out if you if you press the gas too fast causes all sorts of problems. I turn it off all the time now. It's a terrible feature. But it's what the car manufacturers have had to put into their cars in order to maintain fuel efficiency standards for the government. And they want to make it more efficient on on, uh, washers and dryers and dishwashers. They already are. It takes my dishwasher. I've got a brand new dishwasher. And it takes my dishwasher two and a half hours to do the dishes because of the efficiency standards the government has imposed it's horrid and the washer and dryer are problematic as well. The government is making our lives worse in the name of saving the planet. And they're only saving it at the margins. They're barely doing anything. Uh, the the whole thing is just out of whack back to the phones, John, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program.
2: Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. Uh, yeah, so I kind of want to go back to the NCAA, um, as a former coach, the only question that I have is your opinion on whether or not the NCAA is actually in violation of Title IX for all this transgender
0: stuff. Uh, so, you know, that's a great question. It has not been decided in court. Uh, is a boy who transitions to a girl uh, a girl under the standards of Title IX? That's why the question was asked to Katangi Brown Jackson or a hearing by Marshall Blackburn of can you define a woman? And Jackson says, she's not a biologist. She can't. Um, that, that's ultimately it's an open-ended legal question for which we don't have the answer yet. I would think it would, but of course, progressives now believe in, in um, social evolution where boys can become girls uh, by mere thought and a couple of hormone suppressants. I I don't think this ends well for girls. I, I think you're going to see the men Begin to dominate women's sports. And that's gonna be a huge feminist win, I guess, when that happens. The phone number here is eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. I want to go back to the phones. Uh if I'm pronouncing your name right, Cordaro, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. How are you? <laughs> that's
2: okay. I've been used to that. All first. right, so I'm now good. give it How to me you? right.
0: It's Cordero cordero instead of Cordero. all right cordero well thank you i like the name thank you thank you um so i had two questions
1: however i think since listening uh since i got in the car i think one's been answered which was how does the president directly affect gas prices um Mm -hmm. but i believe it's because we're so dependent on other countries
2: for oil am i correct
0: uh, yeah, to a degree. Um, so the the way the president can affect prices, uh, one is uh, is he incentivizing uh, new investment in the oil and gas industry or discouraging it? Uh, so like Bush okay. wanted wanted companies to expand, and that helped cause the price to go down. Uh, Biden has been very adamant: we got to move beyond fossil fuels. That's keeping investors out of the oil and gas space, which is propping up prices.
3: Gotcha.
1: Okay. Perfect. And then my last question is in regards to inflation, like who, who woke up one morning and was like, okay, I got to go up on my wheat prices. I got to go up on my egg prices. Like what, what directly was done in the past two years that caused us to be where we're at right now
2: with these crazy prices?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, so it was, it was, um, what is it? I think it's Ernest Hemingway had a, had a, in uh, the sun also rises had a quote from one of the characters who went bankrupt, um, slowly at first. And then all of a sudden, um, and that that's very much what has happened with prices. Uh, they went up slowly at first mm. and then all of a sudden. Uh, so it started with COVID and in you had factory shutdowns like the meat packing plants, the poultry plants, you had the oh, uh, migrant workers get covid, they shut down, that caused shortages. So then they started catching up with the shortages and what did you and I do? We all went out and bought a bunch of stuff and put it in our freezer, which then contributed gotcha. to more shortages. Then the next round of covid came through. Well, and then you've got a situation with the war in Ukraine. Keep in mind Ukraine produces a third of the entire world's wheat crop. One third of the entire world's wheat comes from Ukraine. Not a single field in Ukraine is being planted right now because of the war. So the futures market Mm. says, well, crap, we know what's gonna happen next year uh, when the wheat crop doesn't come in from harvest, we better start buying up wheat right now. So that's causing that price to go up. Well, if the wheat price is going up, guess what? The corn price is going to go up because corn's the substitute, which means more people are going to switch from wheat to corn. Well, then that impacts cattle prices because we feed our cattle corn. So now the cattle prices are all going up. It's all an escalation of the dominoes falling, if that makes sense to you. That makes perfect sense. This is just a catastrophe. It is. It is. And it's global. Um, oh as much as we like to think of ourselves as kind of a a man on an island, we're actually in a global marketplace competing against the entire world for prices. We do have a couple of silver linings. One, we produce a lot of domestic wheat and corn. Like, we're a net exporter of these crops. So if something bad happens to the world, we can stop our exports and still have enough for us. Sugar is a problem okay. for us, uh, but corn and wheat is not. And we could also generate enough of our excuse me our own energy here in this country without exporting um the problem is that we're in global markets so our prices will still go up they may just not be as a catastrophe as everyone else uh being a landlocked giant nation in north america away from europe and asia has given us all sorts of advantages if we just take advantage of them uh uh, cordar cord all right give it to me again cordaro Cordero. Cordero. Okay. Cordero. I appreciate the call and your name. I'm sorry I butchered it, but thanks very much for calling in about that. Thanks very much. Cordero. If you call back Cordero, I'm going to get it. All right. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Cordero, if you're listening, though, stick around because there's some other economic news we really have to talk about. Nobody else in conservative radio is talking about it, and I don't want you to be surprised by the Wicked thing that's coming this way in our economy that was foreseeable. And my goodness, it's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building, you want to build a building